the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560, The Answer. Welcome to this week's edition of Black and Right Radio on AM 560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Guys, I got to let you know right now, right off the bat, I am... Did I say bat? Bat. You said bat. Okay. I'm T. You're almost on point. Yeah. I got to let you know right off the bat that I am beyond tired. <laughs> Last night, I, I, or yesterday, I drove all the way out to Clay County, and I was, gave the keynote speech to the Clay County Republicans' Lincoln Day dinner. So this morning, I you know, got up really, really early to make it here to this studio. So that was like almost a total of five hours in the car. I was way down. Flora, Flora Illinois. Flora, ever, that's a hike. Flora, Illinois. Yeah. Um, guys, I mean, we, we're going to have, a, a, I believe, a great show today. Um, we're going to be talking with um, Chicago Police Department Sergeant, I better get this name right, Rick <laughs> Nigro. <laughs> uh, if you guys have been paying attention to the news, he, he wrote a letter to uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot and the CPD superintendent. Uh, and I think, I think, his, I think that when I read the whole letter, and immediately my heart just sank. It just it just dropped because this is a this is something I've you guys you know if you listen to the show you know I've talked a lot about police officers and you know the mental grind that it takes to be a cop and the mental health that's lacking and that it's not there. So we're going to talk with him. We're going to talk to Craig Martin. Last night I had a very good conversation with State Representative uh, Chris Miller. If you guys have been following that news, uh, he was at the Capitol. And they found a three percenter sticker on the back of his truck, and now he's a white supremacist. And I don't know you, you name it, you whatever they want to call militia, that's what they call them today. Uh, we're gonna talk talk to Craig Martin about that, and uh, I'm really excited because joining me finally in studio uh, because he's been ghosting me every time I say, "Hey Tom, why don't you come onto the studio?" Oh, uh, <laughs> that's how the story. Goes? That's how it goes. Yeah. Uh, that voice you heard is Tom the Irishman McCullough. <laughs> How are you guys doing today? I'm glad to finally be. I got on my potato boat finally made it in here. So I, I finally got in. <laughs> and you cleaned up. I did clean up. I shaved for you, too. So, so wait, wait, wait. Oh, look at you. Oh, you even got underneath the, the uh, Yeah, yeah. The, I cleaned the, the up gibbler. the scruff, too. Man, <laughs> I'm not in retirement mode right now, so I wanted to get a little dressed up for you. Yeah. So, Tom, I mean, a lot of people that listen to the show know you, especially those here in Illinois. Uh, tell the people about who is Tom the Irishman McCullough? Uh, former state Senate candidate, I ran out of state, uh, out of District 49 against my opponent, Meg Kappel, and uh, we started off as a traditional race, and it turned into uh, fighting the establishment, fighting uh, 
Governor Pritzker's shutdown orders, fighting for small businesses, working to keep schools open, and uh, back and the blue and backing the blue. On, I mean, so I was the first guy in Illinois to do the back the blue rallies. Everybody's like, "Oh no, you got to wait for the uh, the you got to wait for the polls and see if it's okay the right yeah. time to do it." I'm like, "No, nope, we're doing it now because yeah. the police need our support immediately. They don't need it in three months when we do opinion polls and focus groups." And we went out there, caught a lot of flack, but we had a lot of fun. Think and about it, that. What you just said, you caught a lot of flack because you were out there supporting police officers. Yeah, apparently I was a racist for supporting every diversity that you can have in law enforcement. I mean, there's not a certain ethnicity that's in, in law enforcement. They're there to support our American ideals, support the Constitution, and protect our kids going to the store to get milk. Uh-oh. You sound like a militia man. Oh, no. No. Yeah, let's let's go ahead down that road. I think that's segment three, that's John. Segment, segment three. It is. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Mm. I got to really back. That drive kind of brought you a little sideways. It, it really did. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm over here like, oh, where's my mind? <laughs> but, but Tom, I... When I read that letter with um, that was written to Mayor Lori Lightfoot and Beetlejuice, well, uh, come on, <laughs> Mayor, Mayor Lori Lightfoot and uh, the superintendent of Chicago, uh, my heart was really broken. And I reached out to a friend, and that's in the ranks in Chicago PD. Uh, well, he, he's, he's still, I think he's still a he's not a sergeant or a lieutenant or anything. No, he's just a he's a regular police officer. Yeah, just a grunt. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't call him a grunt. Uh, you know, I, I do. He's one of the he's one of the ones doing the hardest work. Yeah, he job. really is, especially yes. with the union union stuff. He's he's got to deal a lot with that. Yes. Um, but I reached out to my friend David. and I said, "Hey, I gotta have this guy on the show," and he goes, "No problem." Two seconds later, I reached. He said, "I, I sent your information over. He'll be give him a call. Or he'll or he'll be calling you." And so uh, one night I was I was coming back from somewhere and I get a call. I missed the call. We right. play phone tag first, for a first, bit. First call, yeah, I left you a message. We play phone tag for a bit there. And then um, we finally talked, and I said, Sergeant uh, Rick Nigro, you have to come onto the show. And he said, John, consider it done. Awesome. Sergeant, welcome to Black and Right for the first time. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Um, I, I just, I, I know how hard it is. Uh, I've had a, I have a, had a relative who was a, uh, a police officer in the su- suburbs who killed himself as well committed suicide and left. I was sorry to hear that. Yeah. So I, I, I know it personally. It's, it's something that I, I know personally. Uh, what let you, because there's a lot of stuff that could possibly, potentially, uh, some pitfalls that can happen. What led you to write this letter at this moment at this time? Um, haven't been on a job, uh, just, uh, it'll be 27 years in May. Uh, thankfully, uh, 20 years as a supervisor. I was very blessed and very lucky to make a supervisor early. And throughout my career, you know, from the very beginning, it's a problem that's been there. I've been party to it, to where I've seen it, where I've handled those jobs. And uh, I've had personal friends, very close personal friends, not acquaintances and not guys you kind of see on a job, but people that I would consider to call my friend and they would yeah. consider me their friend. Uh, the uh, suicide that preceded this one, I, I sat down, I'm thinking about it, and it really bothered me. Yeah. You know, in the terms of a suicide, how it occurred and everything. And I didn't do anything. And then this one, because I could put a face to it because I knew this mm, individual. Not personal. personally, but yeah. to say I knew him. I, if I saw him, he'd say, hey, how we talk? You know, we you know, talk about the job a little bit, you know, a little you know, small talk. And uh, I just, I, I could no longer be silent because I thought I would be complicit in my job as a supervisor yeah. not to put out there what I see our officers are suffering, what they're feeling. Yeah. And to get to the point to be in such a dark, deep hole in place that this was their light, I, I, can't, I can't even begin to imagine, can't put words to it. And you, having been a police officer, yes. 
you understand the difficulties of what yeah. we do, yeah. the cumulative effect of every day. It builds. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's, when you're the new recruit, you're Joe new guy out there running yeah. and gunning, and, you know, you're looking to make, make a difference in the world. Yeah. And as the old timers telling you, slow down, kid. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was me my first, my first, my first six months. I was a hard charger. One of the, the, the veterans came, hey, come here, let's talk. <laughs> but but, but w- w- what has been the response? I mean, we'll get to Lori Lightfoot and all them later, but what, what was the, because I know if I had a sergeant like that, because you guys, you guys take a lot of heat. People don't realize just how much heat sergeants take. But what, what, were the, what, what, was, what was the response from the guys that are out there patrolling on the street? What, what has been their response to you? Uh, nothing but positive. Yeah. Uh, nothing but thank you, accolades, uh, some words that put me in a place where I said, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not that great a guy. Trust me. Yeah. yeah, but he gave him a voice. You know, I mean, and that's what it was. It's like writing the letter, having the courage to stand up for him. And that's why people look for you to leadership. You know, that's why you're put in the white shirt. That's why you're able to go forward and become the sergeant and become that leader is knowing that, hey, I have an opportunity here and I'm seeing the pain and the hurt. And according to the leftist media and everything else, you know, you're not supposed to have a soul. You're not supposed to have a family. You're supposed to be some inanimate object. Exactly. that can throw bricks at you for hours and then still take down the staff at two o'clock in the morning lightfoot and but you're out there showing leadership for the guys and showing that there's you know c- compassion courage and it's okay to admit it and now it's okay to, to talk about this and it's not a taboo subject to to discuss ptsd to discuss suicide and to discuss on the job trauma and thank you well it, it shouldn't be but 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 unfortunately there is that stigma right yeah and, and, and there is that and there is no voice and for me to do it i sat down took a real hard look at my own personal life the situation i find myself in and I can't silence myself any longer. Should I receive any negative feedback or repercussions or discipline? I'll, 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 I'll handle that as, as that comes. Handle because it on your feet. There, yeah. there, there's, there's a greater good for me saying something yeah. and having that to say. And as a supervisor, I'm only as good as the people I supervise. Right. Wow. They're the ones that make me look good. And that's what every good boss should say. I'm, I'm with an organization called Canines for Veterans, and we deal exclusively with PTSD and veteran suicide. And even in the military, there's such a stigma against, you know, you're going out there, you're watching guys get blown up, you're dealing with all the trauma day in and day out, and they come over here and you're not supposed to talk about it. And we're starting to see that cycle really, really effectively changing now that you can talk about PTSD and you can talk about suicide. And you can talk about these things and, and tell and, them. And need to. We have and to. need to. But being right. able to write a letter like you did and showing guys oh. that this is something to talk about. Oh. And I, hopefully you're breaking the stigma. And that's something to me that like that just like literally ripped my heart you open. Know, I'm like, yes. And, uh, one of the big things I, I, I try to share with people is I, you know, 27 years of my career and I worked in a patrol. I was never in a specialized unit. I was never, you know, taken care of. I never went downtown, never worked inside, never was a house mouse, never was an empty holster. You know, I, I worked on the street. And, you know, I wish my eyes could unsee what my eyes have seen. Yeah. And I, I can't. Yeah. So when we come back from break, I want to talk about, because you, your action has spurred action. There's something that the superintendent came out and said, this is what we're going to do heading, um, going forward. Um, you're a hero in my book, and I'm sure the many men and women who serve in the uniform who listen to this show consider you one as well. Hey, you're listening to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the Irishman and the sergeant. We'll be right back. We now return to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. Here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the Irishman Tom McCullough 
who finally, finally stopped faking me out and came into the studio. <laughs> oh, no comeback from you, Tom. Oh, you know what? I'm just, I'm just, I'm drinking coffee. I was letting you say your piece, and, but I finally found my potato shoes and made it in. So, <laughs> whatever. Uh, before the break, we were speaking with uh, CPD Sergeant uh, Rick Nigro. Um, I noticed, Sergeant, that there was a response from the Superintendent Brown that they're bringing on an officer wellness strategy now. Uh, I, I don't want so much of you to speak to that. I want you to speak more to the, to, to who are cops? I think sometimes these caricatures of cops are painted so much that people don't realize what? That we're human. We, 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 we wake up, we live, we breathe, we drink. We're brothers, sisters, husbands, wives. We have feelings. The uniform you put on is merely a costume and a representation of oppression. It isn't what I am as a human being. You don't know me as I don't know you. Mm. And that's the first thing they see yeah. on a national level. Yeah. Every policeman is you know, forced to have to combat that. Yet, we still put it on every day and still do our job. And when you look at it, you look at what this, this, this police reform bill that just came down. On top of what was already happening in Chicago... Now the, the, the burden just feels like it just gotten heavy. Now, I know this. As a cop, it would still be hard for me to look away from crime. Most definitely. Uh, yeah, yes, I, most definitely. This is what people, I know a lot of people, I joke a lot too with it, calling the blue flu and all that. I mean, it happens, don't get me wrong. But I, when, I, when, I, when I look at that bill, on top of this, the suicides that, that you wrote about, and then we just had another one yesterday. Unfortunately, yes. Uh-huh. And, and there will be another one after that, and a, another one after that. Wow. But if we can do something to maybe slow it down, to stop it. Yeah, I mean, that's what you started, though, is that movement. And I know John wanted to talk a little bit about the response, but a lot of times leadership is being the first person to do what the right thing is and being able to say that thing that nobody else has the backing to do that. Often the hardest, too. And it's often the hardest. And that's also the guy who sticks his neck out. It's usually the first one to get it cut off. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't bode <laughs> well. Well, we, we hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> Hopefully that okay. doesn't bode well. But, <laughs> but then that's also going to open the door for a lot of people to follow up behind it and, and breaking that stigma. And especially with the riots last year and everybody's like, oh, get rid of the police, defund them, do this, do that. Okay, Uh, if you remember the the, the mass shootings in Houston, Texas and the terrorist attack, the same people are saying pigs in blanket, fry them like bacon. Those same law enforcement officers were jumping on people's backs to shield them them from bullets that were being fired by a sniper. And those same guys that they were just saying, let's kill them or they're protecting them with their bodies. And that's what cops are. They're humans at the end of the day and they want to protect people. And that's why they signed up. They didn't sign up to be uh, like a monster and go out there and just write black people tickets because right. that's not true right and it's it's but it's humanizing it and that's what you're well, doing and, and that's what we've lost in this country they've, they've made us this autonomous creature that is supposed to be infallible which is impossible to do right you right. know and if you look at any other profession what profession can you do where if you make a mistake there's a possibility of going to prison it sure as heck isn't doctors no i mean look at the malpractice <laughs> they'll say, write a check and say sorry sorry yeah. ma'am you, you know we made a mistake and and, and this is not this is not to attack Lori, uh, Mayor Lightfoot, or Superintendent Brown, uh, this this stuff preceded them. This this didn't just start happening. This is something that's been happening. This has been happening for, for decades. For decades. For decades. Yes. Um, you gave me a number. How many people? Uh, listen to this. Right. How many people? How many police officers, just since January, have committed suicide? As of today, over fifty policemen nationwide. 
That's that's outrageous. That's one too many. And you have to say only in front of that. You know, right. and there's some people that say, Correct. oh, it was only 50 people. That's one's too many. You know, one, one veteran's too many. You know, one, yeah, as, you know. as as you look at crime in a city, one death is too many in a city. Yes. You know, we, but we've become so accustomed to it, as with suicide, we become so accustomed to it. It's a tagline in the newspaper on a third page. Yeah, yeah but this, the crazy thing is that there's somebody probably right now listening to this going, yes, 50. We only need yeah, another yeah. 50 more. <laughs> exactly. We need another 100 more. Exactly. And there's, there's right. 185,000 police officers in the country, only 183,950 to go. Because we represent you know, an oppressive force, and we represent everything that's wrong in the country right But now. flashback to Houston, those same law enforcement officers were shielding bodies. Correct. You know, at the end of the day, that's what you're there for, is public, you know, defending and making sure that safety is what's coming through it. So I, we're not attacking LIFO, but you're, you're lifting that mantle up to her and the superintendents and others to say, this is a problem. Let's not hide this, and, and let's and talk I, you about know, it. I would hope that, you know, you know I, I don't know her. She doesn't know me. I don't know the superintendent personally. I would hope that we could get together on this. And a beer I, could, summit. I could be part of it. Yeah, do a beer <laughs> summit. Just like you know, Obama summit. did. Correct. Yeah. But, you know, and, but don't shove it underneath the, the, the blanket. It's been underneath the blanket for too long. You know, let's, let's lift up. Let's talk about this. Let's break the stigma. And it, it's a time to really focus on people's hearts and energy and everything else. And, and, and what it would do for the policeman's morale would be you wouldn't be able to even measure it. Especially over the last few years. They, they need some lifting. Up. And what we're talking about right now uh, in the superintendent's response he says, I also want to create a culture where open-ended feedback, like what is contained within this letter, is welcomed right. and encouraged. I again offer my sincere condolences to the friends and family of Officer Daly, rest in peace, and assure everyone that the subject of officer wellness is never far from my mind. And, and I, I hope other officers take it to heart and aren't afraid and do come forward and say, yeah, I feel, I feel like Sergeant Nigro, yeah. okay? Yeah. I mean, so when you go into that, too, I mean, so they, they spend the best money putting body armor on you guys, getting you the best shoes, getting you, like, within reason, you know, the nice cars <laughs> like, that aren't too broke down. But, I mean, they're spending all the money up on physical defense. You know, what about the health and welfare part of it? You know, they, they're passing legislation to, you know, allow all these other crazy things to happen. But why not give you that, that mental, you know, stability or the mental health checks and being able to not be like, oh, well, you, you had an involved incident. So now you have to take 30 days off. You do all these things to where you don't really want to talk about your feelings because there's only negative consequences right. to and, that. And that goes back to what you said earlier. You know, it's like you don't want to be the, the one getting in trouble for this and, you know, vilified when right. I, I made the best, I made the best choice and best decision at that moment in time. Yeah. And I may have made a mistake. Yeah. Hindsight's always 2020. Yeah. Correct. If you look back, I mean, I, I could have made a left turn when I should have made a right turn. Hindsight is always 2020. But if you can go back and make the same decision at the same time with the same amount of information you had, you're going to make that same choice every time. We always right. can go back yeah. and second guess, but with that same set of information, we're going to make the same choice because that to us was the best choice. I think you got to look at it this way though. What you did produced the result. That was the, that was the outcome. That was the outcome you were looking I, I, for. I at least wanted to start a dialogue. Yeah. And somebody has to start somewhere. And by doing that, all we can do is move forward. It's like police reform. We hear police reform, police reform, de-escalation, you know, sanctity of life. I'm in agreement with that 100%. Yeah. We learn as we, from our mistakes. Yeah. And every police officer I know, that's the first thing in their minds. We yeah. don't go out there looking to do bad. I, I just no. want to say to those who are listening, who are police officers, and, and this is something you're contemplating. Uh, I know uh, 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 when I was a cop and when I was a legislator, I would always give this out to people. Um, 1-800-COP-LINE. That's 1-800-267-5463. Uh, reach out to COP-LINE if you, if you feel like you just can't take it anymore because it's real. It's real. It's, I, I, listen, 
Uh, I've talked about this on the show. I'm somebody who suffered from that when I was a cop. I, I had those thoughts. I mean, it was it was real. It was real. But I didn't have anywhere to go. because And, I, you, and you feel like you're just in this small space and everybody's looking in on you. Ha, 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 especially the public. And then you see all these things and it's, it, you, there's no place for you to go. It's a, it's a shame, but I mean, having resources like that and people where they won't do like a reporting and you won't have any negative consequences for it. I mean, that number should be on the back of everybody's ID card when you go to check in in the morning. And and, and as a department, I you know, I have a lot of IDs, a lot of things we could do better. We have an employee assistance program. We have our Champlain's ministry. We have peer support groups, yeah. you know, but there are other things to do. You know, people be a little more aware and cognizant of what's yeah. going on yeah. and understand, you know, we don't only have to deal with what we deal at work and see. We still have to deal with our personal yeah. life. Yeah. What's and, going on at home? And, and we're not saying that there are no bad cops out there. <laughs> we're, oh, no, no, no. We're not yeah, saying, no. We're not saying that. <laughs> Every profession has you yeah, know, people yeah, that yeah. 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 I just, I, I just yeah. want the people that are listening and, and, and commenting on Facebook, we're not saying that there are, uh, 100% of cops are good cops. We know that. But one thing I've always said, good cops hate bad cops. They despise them. It makes my job harder. Almost yeah. impossible. Yeah. Yes, it does. And it there's does. there's and, bad and, doctors. There's bad, yeah. Guilty by association, merely because yeah. so, there was a bad officer. Well, you all have to be yeah. that way. And it, and it happens not just with with um, uh, police officers that are roaming the street. It happens in the Department of Corrections. Um, it's happening all over. Everywhere. People are Everywhere. feeling, especially with what's happening with COVID, the, the response to how, how it's happening. People are, I'm telling you, they're feeling squeezed. Right. You know, and, and we we have to do something about it. And that's one of the reasons why uh, Shelly, <laughs> you know, Shelly, <laughs> she, <said, laughs> she says, uh, Sergeant Nigro. I almost said it. I'm used to it. Don't worry about it. I'm sure. I I bet you get it for the people on the street, too. I get all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) As a fellow CPD officer, I commend you and support you. If you need assistance, I will be more than happy to assist you in any way possible. CPD strong. That's my girl, Shelly. God bless. Um, I I thank you for coming on here today. Appreciate it. And you don't have to leave. You can stay as long as you want. Um, But I think this this is a very important message that needs to reach the men and women who serve our streets and protect us. Um, And if I could leave you with one last thing. Go ahead. Okay, you have to look at it this way. You have to look at who is looking after those who are looking after us. Wow, I love it. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for everything. Thank you very much. Sergeant, thank you so much. You're listening to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. I'm John Anthony. I got chill bumps. I'll be right back. Right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. What do you, you say, Tom? Yes, start dancing, John. <laughs> no. I haven't seen you dance yet today, so that's uh-uh. how you know you're off. Dude, you know I'm off. Cause <laughs> you're, you're back here yeah, just, like, just chilling around, running, having fun. Not today, brother. That voice you heard is my friend, my pal, my buddy, the Irishman, Tom McCullough. Welcome here. I'm happy um, to be here, bud. That that subject of of police suicide is is is, is really close to me. You know, um, it's just something that 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 it needs to be talked about so much more. Well, remove the stigma. I mean, that's the biggest thing. So, you know, with uh, the Canines for Veterans, with the organization I'm with, we have a lot of mat, like uh, master sergeants and like some guys that are really up there. Where if you know if they even have a crinkle in their shirt, they're they're considered weak, and then they can't be a part of it. Yeah. They're coming out and talking about PTSD now because there was such a stigma with the military and such a stigma with the Marines and all the other groups and all the other armed forces. They they won't talk about it. Yeah. But now that people are starting, like you know, twenty two veterans a day, they're starting to starting to be a lot more public awareness and knowing that 
we can talk about this. It doesn't make me weak. It makes me a stronger person being able to come out with my feelings and knowing that there are people around me that are going through the same thing, the thousand-yard stare. I mean, the, even the, the Romans used to talk about the, the PTSD and everything else that happened with it. And now they're bringing things up and people are starting to discuss it. And there's, come, there's becoming viable options and viable treatment things. They're looking at like hyperbaric yeah. treatments for PTSD yeah. that it's forcing oxygen in the brain to reopen some of the thought patterns. There's uh, like NO2 pills and different things that they're taking that, that are actually helping with some of this along with like um, you know therapy dogs yeah. and service animals and other things just getting out and speaking it and yeah. so when Rick talked about you know breaking the stigma That's sergeant to you sergeant was, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to say his last name because I will screw that up, <laughs> you screw it up. <laughs> and my Irish bud will be gone in two seconds so you'll never run for any other yeah, so sergeant Rick he's one letter away from a write-up so <laughs> so yeah, so that's uh, that's the way it goes for me. But I mean, being able to help break that stigma and being able to to talk about it and 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 showing that hey, it's not a negative thing that you wrote the letter. It's not right. a negative thing you're talking about it. And it, it is it's happened forever. But it's lifting that up to Lightfoot. It's lifting it up to the the superintendents and everybody else yeah. that it's time to do something about. Well, it. Well, and if and if you look on a national level, you can go back to the Me Too movement where people yeah. were quiet for too long. Where it where we've moved forward to the point where everybody's if you see something, say uh-huh. something. So we kind of have to get to this point and have this conversation. And is there going to be a lot of pain and suffering to get it through it? It is. It is. It's it going to hurt a lot of people because change is hard. And, and I, I don't think she gets enough credit because uh, I've, I've been following her for quite some time. But she really protects you guys. Anita Padilla over at Fox 32. She loves oh, you guys. Yes, she does. Yes, she, she does. is like somebody who anytime that something happens to you guys, she's on top of it. Um, she's an amazing person. She came down when I was when I was a state rep. She came all the way down to Coal City. We had a veterans event. I said it right, right? Yeah. Veterans? Veterans. Veterans. <laughs> See, I'm tired. <laughs> veterans. That's spell check yourself on here. Yep. Spell check. <laughs> um, but she came all the way down to Coal City to hear me give a speech. And I, I, I'll never forget that. I, I say that she came down there just to hear me. I don't know if she did. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I, I'm going to stick to that story. You tell her that. That's the story you go with. <laughs> you uh-huh. um, but, you know... Sarge, we have so many of those just this, these crazy bills. I just saw we you, we were talking during the break about the consent to ban the, the ban to the, the the consent search ban. The consent search ban. You were telling us about a story of an individual who ran away, hit hit and killed some people. It, it Tell was that a, story. It, it was a traffic stop. It was in the south. You know, I believe it was south side of Chicago. Two officers observed the vehicle. Uh, didn't have license plate on it. So you know, stopped the vehicle exited their police vehicle, marked vehicle in uniform. They're about, they walk up to the car, the car speeds off at a high rate of speed. Officers get back into their police vehicle to, now, now, now mind you, they, they don't chase them, whatever, because the car left so fast it was too far ahead. Well, a few seconds later, subsequent, they ride upon the accident. The vehicle struck another vehicle, which then went up on a curb, striking an individual, killing the individual. Mm. And, uh, what happened after the fact was I, what, what I, I took in a lot of officers, a friend of the individual that was killed gave, made a statement to the effect that, well, what else was the driver supposed to do? They were afraid of the police. I mean, it, they stopped him because of no license plate on the car. So, so it, it wasn't that he was, the, his fear was motivated by possibly going to jail. That wasn't the fear. That, it, it was you. But it was the cop. It could have, but how do we know it's in his head? Right. But, but the citizens and the people that are out there look at this and see, well, what else was he expected to do? They stopped him. 
Yeah, I mean, oh. there's like all sorts of rationales I can go out with that one. Now oh, it's exactly. like, oh, I, don't, I can't pay you my can, mortgage. Let's rob a bank. Let's you know after, all the after other the fact stuff. You can come up with anything. Oh, of sure. course. And then course. now you know, as it relates to the stresses of, of the job, these two officers are like, I, I stopped them because it was a traffic violation. There was nothing malicious in their intent. They, they were going to stop and. But now they have to justify doing their job. They have to justify upholding the law. And they have to justify now, like, oh, the reason why I pulled them over is because of the license plate. It wasn't because they were an African-American. It wasn't because all these, you have to hit the checklist of the 50,000 things that that it wasn't. It was actually because they blew a red light. They were throwing bags of dope out the window and everything else. It's uh, outrageous that that even happens. And and I I always tell people um, at night. It's hard to see who's inside the car drive. I've been on midnights for 20 years. You have have no idea who was in the vehicle. Because if you stop me, I'm high yellow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm high yellow. I mean, you're not going to look at me. Oh, that's a black guy. No, Immediately, I, no, I, I, Immediately. But I don't. You don't even. But that's not what you see. You look at the person and you try to make you an hunt assessment. Crime. If you hunt crime, we, well, we, violation. That's it. You know, we don't hunt people. We, that's right. We look at. We go for crime. That's right. But so many people think you hunt people. That's not what you look for. Not at all. Hey, you listen to the Black and White on AM five sixty. I'm your host, John Anthony. We'll be right back. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with my friend, the Irishman, Tom McCullough. And we've also had, I'm just going to go, I'm going to follow your route, Tom. We have Sergeant Rick in studio <laughs> there with you us go. Yep. from CPD. You know, Sergeant, when I look at this, I, I why, so many times a government officials always want to take a go at it alone approach. I hope I hope not only Lori Lightfoot, I hope the superintendent, I hope the aldermen all come together and figure out how do we protect our men and women who are serving. Well, what are I, your thoughts I, on that? I completely agree. And if you you know, we need to add all the faith 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 based yeah. groups yeah. because of yeah, the people they touch because our interactions are with all those people on a daily basis. Right. And you know, we always can improve on our job. I agree with that. But they also have to be aware of what it is our job entails yeah. and how difficult it is. Let's go to the phones. Verlon, the troublemaker. What's up, buddy? How's it going, John? I'm doing well. How you well. doing, Mr. McCullough? Hey, hey. How you doing, Sergeant? I'm doing okay, thank you. Um, uh, what, okay, I battle leftists all the time. I mean, every, everybody I'm around is a leftist. And what you have to understand it, that is, in the leftist mentality, in their ideology, your God-given skin that you're born in is racist. Your uniform comes second. Ooh, and now they're being taught. And now they're being taught in these colleges and even in high school that your profession goes all the way back to slavery and rounding up black people is what you do. Uh, that, that's what your profession is. And so that's what you're combated with, not just the attitude and whatever else that you see on the everyday basis. You're combating an ideology that's embedded in black people that you're the enemy. And, it, and it, there are really black people out there that say that you're just going to kill them. You're out, you're out there hunting and lynching black people. I'm telling you, I battle on your behalf all of the time, and it's embedded in a lot of black people. Well, well, you make a very good point there, but you have to understand, as everybody else does, we, we go to where the crime is. Right. We don't look at color, race, creed, sex, religion. 
we're deployed to different areas of the city where the crime is excessive and needs extra deployment and and us and the communities that's where we can use everybody else the aldermen the city council members need to get out there and the leaders and tell them the police are only here just because this is where they're needed right that's true thanks so much for calling Verla all right take it easy all right buddy He's right. Let's go back to the phone lines. Candace, welcome back to Black and Right. Um, hi, thanks for taking my call, John. Hey, thanks, no gentlemen, for what you do. I really, um, I, I'm very frustrated, as a lot of people are as taxpayers, because we don't want our police defunded. We don't want them um, um, lied about. And I just wonder why the unions, the representation, do not fight. They always seem to be in cahoots with the city. You know what I mean? Remember that one guy? I can't remember his name, John, but um, he's kind of a petite guy down in Texas. And I remember when they started attacking his city. I mean, he came out thrashing. And I just thought, of course, I wish. I think it was Milwaukee. I thought, it, I thought it was a uh, Utah or, or Milwaukee share. Yeah. yeah. Dark-headed guy, yeah. kind of Latino yeah. look. I mean, he was amazing. I just thought, man, if all police union Clark? guys were like this. I mean, we wouldn't be having this problem because, I mean, I really think the media needs to be, you know, um, directed. You know, I yeah. really think they need to be blamed for a lot of what's going on. Well, they're fueling it. No idea. They're fueling yeah, they're it. They're fueling it, totally. They, and they're also responsible for children being so scared and yeah. for adults being so scared as well. Yeah, I agree, Candace. Thanks so much for calling, Candace. What are your thoughts about what she said? Well, I mean, I, you know, I can't speak for the unions. I don't, I'm not involved in the unions. I don't know what it is they really do for us. Well, I, I mean, I know their, per, their intended purpose, but uh, you know, it, 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 it's a self-perpetuating thing. If the media keeps portraying us in a certain light, it, we, right. we can't beat that. It's impossible well, to. But John, John, the, the Chicago Law 7 FOP, he has been slapping them. That's why, he, they, that's why they he's making an effort. That's why he took yeah. his pay. Maybe his delivery is a little different, yeah. but the message is there, you know, and the people all understand it. I wanted to touch on something you guys talked about earlier about getting everybody together under the same tent to fight this. Uh, Rush Hospital, they have the Road Home program, and they work with veterans again, but you know, because you got to admit, there's going to be people who don't like you listening to this right now who aren't happy with your letter. They're trying to see if you make some kind of slip up. Since you guys are taking notes on this, talk to Rush Hospital. They're right there in Chicago. They have the Road Home Program, and they have a rollout for PTSD and, and suicide prevention. Really? Go talk to them. They have a very well-funded program. Go speak to them and bring it on for the law enforcement officers to help combat some of that. That could be a great partnership. Good asset. With Chicago PD and then those unions as well. If they're there for the the police officers like they say they are, Mm -hmm. they need to go out there and support the law enforcement officers and not just collect the big checks and and shove around their money into campaigns like they tend to do. Yeah, I I get a lot of pushback because, well, first of all, I'm black. I don't know if you can notice notice that. But I get a lot of pushback because um, so many people say I defend cops too much. I defend them because I've been there. I know what it's like to we make, understand. I know. I, I, yes, I know what it's like. Three a.m. in the morning, when that hair starts standing up on the back of your neck, because you feel you you see something that <laughs> the camera can't pick up, right? And you see some what we call furtive movement, right? You know, people reaching down, people leaning, putting their arm back, grabbing something or putting something down. Most people will never understand. That's why I defend them so much. Well, and they've also taken out uh, our, our experience. They've taken out what we see right. and feel. And, right. And, you know, over time, you get to be a street policeman and you know what's 
going to happen. Yeah. But that's what the media does best. They just take everything that they don't want you to know about and they shove it out there. Talk to Verlein, what he was talking about earlier. Yeah. The media has been pushing this for so many years yes. that this is what you see. This yes. is the result of it, and it's intentional. You're not in, uh, what's that town anymore? <laughs> Kansas anymore. Kansas. Kansas. It's a state. Uh, but, you know, May- Mayberry. Mayberry is, uh, Mayberry. Mayberry is done. Yeah. Mayberry is done. The bad guy is always looking for ways to usurp the cop. Hey, you're listening to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Live in studio with this Irish-looking guy over here, Tom McCullough and Sergeant Rick. We'll be right back. And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. There it is. I'm waking up. Good man. <laughs> Welcome back to Black and White on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with my friend Tom McCullough and um, Sergeant hey, hey. Rick. Sergeant, Sergeant Rick, you decided to just hang out, man. I, I love it. Well, I figured, I, you know, I feel comfortable and I uh, like the conversation. Yeah. Enjoy it. Uh, you know, I think people need to hear a little bit more than they hear. Yeah. You know, uh, Tom, do you got any what, what handles? What are your social media handles? Uh, if, if anybody's on Facebook, go to uh, facebook.com forward slash, and then it's M-C-C-U-L-L-A-G-H, the number four, I-L. Do you want people to follow you on social media? <laughs> <laughs> it's up to them if they want to. Follow me over. Join the other thousand. <laughs> oh, Rick. You, oh, yeah. Do you, do you want to give out any handles? No, that's okay. <laughs> you know, I'm sure people can, can and will find me. Stop Taking it. the fifth Stop on that it. one. Stop Taking it. the fifth. I can't breathe. Stop it. Um, guys, go ahead and follow. If you're listening to the show, follow me on Facebook at Black and Right Radio, Black and Right Radio, Facebook, um, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram at Black and Right Radio. Uh, we'll love to um, gain new listeners. I'm sure uh, a lot of you guys that are um, out patrolling the streets of Chicago are listening right now. So uh, just know that we appreciate you here. That's not and pandering. The, and the vast majority of people in this country appreciate what the law enforcement officers right. do. It's just the psychotic idiots, the yeah. 2% out there on the left, that make it so so vocal against them, yeah. where everybody's got a cow tail behind, hide behind. Like, oh, we're worried somebody's going to put a bad tweet out. Who yeah. cares about them? Yeah. When you go down the street, we were doing the Back to Blue rally, and in the height of the riots, everybody's like, oh, the cops are racist. We hate them. The first one we did with a two-day notice, we had 400 cars out there in Plainfield. And then we did the ones in Chicago. John Contanzara is coming out. All the other guys are coming out. Man, Cow Moeller shows up. Yeah. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And Antifa shows up on the other line, other side of it. And there's Antifa over there throwing bottles at us. And I'm up on the thing talking. And we're like, go back to your parents' basements. But in between us was a very thin blue line of police helmets. Yeah. And that was the embodiment of what the flag stands for. You yeah. know, the thin the blue, blue line, line flag. And literally between us and the organized chaos on the other side was the thin blue line. And I took a picture of that. And I'm like... There has never been a better representation of what that flag was and what that stood for was that thin blue line between you know what bad is really, you know what is really surrounded by darkness. Oh yeah, and it illuminates yeah. these guys illuminate the darkness. Okay, That's, Master Mason yeah. over here. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> the I'm Illuminati not, I'm not is with us right now. I'm not a Mason. Now. I'm not Illuminati. Oh, I'm a Mason, but oh, you know. oh, yeah, oh. <laughs> we share some secrets one day. <laughs> Whatever, but um, you know, you guys got a tough job, bro. Well, if, if 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 you look at what's coming, what's coming is going to be an impossible job. Wow, how, how many people are looking to um, retire early? Uh, oh, I, I, it's in the hundreds. Wow. You know who who would who would stick around a little bit longer because they love the job or love the city and stuff. But yeah. now it's at the time where you know you know take your take your pension and uh, enjoy your life the best you can 
because the stress, they see what's going on, you know, and it's like, no, I want to, I want to retire, enjoy my life, enjoy my family. Yeah. yeah. Hey, what governor wrote the letter to uh, Pritzker saying oh. thank you for sending us all of your best? No, no, no. It was officers. it was Chief Delmore, Delmore. from um, um, somewhere a southern state. Uh, yeah. No, he's in like uh, Georgia, Gulf, Gulf Shores, Alabama. Alabama. I, I, interviewed yeah. him. I, I stood in for Dan Prof, and uh, we, Amy and I, interviewed him. I mean, that was a troll of a letter. And he, oh, he, he it's knew accurate. I was trolling. It's 100% yeah. accurate. I mean, everybody that's leaving, they were like, oh, I'll take my early retirement here, go down and work in the you know Alabama shores, yeah. which is right on the ocean, enjoy life. With and, stripes, uh, though, would you go and, and go somewhere else, like a, a police-friendly state, and maybe become a chief? Oh, I, 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 well, I'm not, you know, I, I don't think I'm, I'm chief quality. I, don't, you know, <laughs> I have to listen to this interview and some other things. We don't want him as chief. Let's hold off on this guy. Uh, but, actually, I think, I, think, I think the men and women who, who you would uh, lead would want you. Oh, you know, I, you well, know. I thank you for that. But uh, yes, you know, most definitely going to probably move to one of the southern states, Cal- <laughs> Look Car- at Carolinas, maybe. Florida, oh, yeah. You know. oh, somewhere somewhere warm and horrible. Nice climate. Right? I, yeah. do, I do like winters and snow, but I'll come visit it. I don't. <laughs> I was just, we were just in Orlando. Oh, John, uh-huh. you couldn't get him in the in the pool. You well, couldn't you get could. him anywhere near the ocean. That's true. Yeah. No, but, he's like, oh, I don't want to go. It's too <laughs> hot out. That's okay. <laughs> My daughter's just like that. Hey, Steve. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> hey, you're listening to Black and White on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Live in studio with the Irishman Tom McCullough and Sergeant, my, my newfound friend, Sergeant Rick. We'll be right back. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. I sound dragging and whiny today. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. Live in studio with my friend, the Irishman, Tom McCullough. Hey, hey, glad to and, be here. And guess who stuck around? Sergeant Rick. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll, we'll leave Chicago alone now. No more Chicago. It's okay. Um, you, Tom, you and I were at CPAC. We were. Yeah. And you guys remember when uh, President Trump was late to give the speech, right? About an hour and a half. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. do you know why? Why? He was in back shaking policemen's hand. They, they all love him so much down there in Florida. He was going around talking and shaking hands to all the cops that were out there protecting him. You know what? But the media didn't report that. They just said he's late. They would never report that. They would never report that. No, No, they they don't like him. We all know that they they don't like him. They'll give any excuse. He can he can go out and dye his hair a different color and say he's racist for whatever reason. You know, but I mean they'll never also give the law enforcement the support that they need. Period. That's true. It's also endemic what we were talking about last hour. Yeah, and it's it's a shame. But, uh, I mean, CPAC was a great time, John. We got a lot of chance to meet a lot of good people yeah. and, and shake hands, and that's really what it's about. It's like a big networking event. Anybody gets an opportunity to go to CPAC, I suggest going. We saw our, our good friend Gary Franchi there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Next News Network. Him. You guys are on YouTube. Go to yeah. nextnewsnetwork.com. Gary's a great Did you guy. just give him a plug? No. I gave him a plug on your show. Before I plugged myself, I plugged Look my buddy. That. You see that? So I, yeah, he slid that in. I'm happy to do that. It was um, professional. What, what, I, what, what I loved about CPAC was um, you just, the the you talk about diverse it was so diverse 
Well, but the media wants you to think it's all a bunch of old white guys. Well, that's that what they there. were trying to. Did you right. see they were talking about the stage design that it was the the? Um, but a liberal designed the stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The they stage. find out. Yeah. God, God forbid that a liberal actually designed the stage. It looked like something was so like. You a think little, it was intentional on that? Of part? course it was. Of They're course. like, oh, they'll never know it was me. No, we just paid you a check to design the stage. I mean, so it, we did, to find it did. It did look like the swastika, though. It did. It did. Well, no, it, it wasn't a swastika. It was. It was a. I forgot whatever like runic design it was. It it was emblematic. I'm saying if you. Yeah, removed it, it. You can actually make the swastika. Right. From yeah. It. I was. Yeah. Hilarious. Good job. <laughs> Good job, Mister Liberal, trying to set everybody up. But I was really shocked to see just to see how many black people were there. Uh, I was. I took part in a, dis- a discussion um, on my buddy Patrick's page, Confessions of a Frustrated Democrat. Oh. Um, and go follow that on Facebook. And Blog this guy was. Blog this guy. Two. <laughs> this guy was basically saying uh, that we were clowns. Because there were no black people there, there was there was nothing but a Klan meeting. I'm like, were you there? It was like thirty percent African American, twenty percent Hispanic. Uh, I yeah. mean, yeah, I think I, uh, white people were almost in the minority there. Um, it well, was uh, yeah, depending on the, the parties the I was at. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a pretty good mix. It was like sixty well, yeah, 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 percent, yeah. and yeah. So I mean, a lot of the events we went to, it wasn't just you know white right. folk. It was actually over over presence with Hispanic and African American, big time. But as you know. The president gave a speech. I want to play this. I, I don't want to interrupt this, this this audio because I want, I'll just, guess what? He called out people and named names, and I loved it. Never is the time for tough, strong, and energetic Republican leaders who have spines of steel. We need strong leadership. We cannot have leaders who show more passion for condemning their fellow Americans than they have ever shown for standing up to Democrats, the media, and the radicals who want to turn America into a socialist country. Instead of attacking me and, more importantly, the voters of... I want to stop it right there. I messed up. That was my problem. That's my biggest problem with those people that are out there attacking the president. I don't care about you attacking the president. My biggest problem, my biggest concern, when you turn the finger from the president to us, the voters. President Trump said when he first got in, when he, when he first became president, they're not after me. They're after you. Absolutely. Have they proved that? I mean, look I, what Ken's... Uh, I don't care. Go ahead. Kinsinger. No, so look at Kinsinger. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. But I mean, it's again, it's demonizing the voter base. Why do that? I mean, it's like they, they Kinsinger. He's out there like, oh, we're going to unify yeah. people. Then you don't shove them five miles apart and then deplatform ninety yeah. percent of them and screw everybody over. You just yeah. don't do that. You don't. You don't do it. But let's. I mean, let's continue. Well, I, mean, I, I we gotta hit, we gotta we have to listen to it again. See, I'm I'm not on my game today. That's Never right. is the time for tough, strong, and energetic Republican leaders who have spines of steel. We need strong leadership. We cannot have leaders who show more passion for condemning their fellow Americans than they have ever shown for standing up to Democrats, the media, and the radicals who want to turn America into a socialist country. Instead of attacking me and, more importantly, the voters of our movement, Top establishment Republicans in Washington should be spending their energy in opposing Biden, Pelosi, Schumer, and the Democrats. <laughs> I've said this. You got to love how he whispered. And the and Democrats. 
<laughs> he continued. President Such Trump. style. Such President style Trump. I, ho- I hope this this doesn't get me banned on Facebook for it, his, it, playing it, his it speech. It just might. Because our, what's that, RSBN? I don't know. Right Side Broadcast. Right side, oh, Right Side Broadcast. They got, they got suspended, they got suspended. On, on, was it YouTube? YouTube. Yep. For two yeah. weeks for playing for and I watched those guys. They were great. Yeah. And I, and I think they, they warned them if it continued, it would, be life, it would be a lifetime ban. Well, guess what? President Trump continued. Some of them. I said, you know, during the Obama years and now during Biden, if you spent the same energy on attacking them, you'd actually be successful. As you do on attacking me in many cases. The Democrats don't have grandstanders like Mitt Romney, Little Ben Sass, Rich. Little. <laughs> what is it? He loves that word, Little Marco, Little Ben. Well, it's because he's tall. You ever yeah. seen him in person? Oh, yeah, he's, like, he's huge. He's a big guy. I was a delegate in 2016. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Uh, but President Trump continues. Richard Burr, Bill Cassidy, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, Pat Toomey. And in the house, Tom Rice, South Carolina, Adam Kinzinger. <laughs> Why do you have to put the Kinzinger? Kinzinger. You got to say it that way. <laughs> I wish Mark Vargas was here. He's little. He does his little Trump like Adam Kinzinger. Yeah. You know, he does his little it's thing. Like he says, China. Yeah. Uh, Trump continues naming names. In new house, Anthony Gonzalez. That's another beauty. Fred Upton, Jamie Herrera Butler, Peter Meyer, John Katko, David Valadeo, and of course the warmonger, a person that loves seeing our troops fighting, Liz Cheney. How about that? (laughs) The good news is in her state, she's been censured, and in her state, her poll numbers have dropped faster than any human being I've ever seen. So hopefully they'll get rid of her with the next election. Get rid of them all. Why do you think he focused so much on her? And not and Adam has been out there way more than anybody. Well, establishment scum. I mean, when you look at a lot of that, you know, same thing with Kensinger. He became establishment scum. He was a Tea Party guy. Liz Cheney, she was always establishment. And she's probably the one that's been pushing so much money in the back end to get him done. She's probably been the one that was lining up so many things to screw him over in the election. I, I can see that being a thing, and she's also very vocal. Get rid of her. What's your opinion on that? Um, I don't have one. No, no, but I, you I, don't have an opinion, right? No. Be, yeah, let's pick the mark that on the calendar. I think, I think, I think he thinks she's an easier person to take out in a primary. Yeah, I could see that being a thing. I think, I think where she's where she's at, um, Wyoming, Wyoming, right? Yeah, I think yeah. it's somewhere out there, over there, somewhere, yeah. somewhere in the cold. Uh, I think he thinks she she's the easier one, but I think he's laid down the gauntlet. War. I think he's saying, guess what, guys? You come after me, I'm, I'm going to be behind every person that primaries you. And he's got a way bigger stick. And and he does. And yeah. a bigger platform. Well, he had a plat- bigger platform. Well, he, well, I mean, he still does. I mean, just the name out there. I mean, look at how many people he dragged across the finish line when it came to, like, uh, what, what's that guy's name? I can't even remember his name anymore. Senator. Um, oh, Mitch McConnell? Mitch, Mitch McConnell looks like Mr. Turtle. Moscow yeah. Mitch. Yeah. yeah, Moscow Mitch. Yeah, so he, be, I mean, he dragged him across the finish line at the end, and then Mitch came back and just... Dropped the hammer and like, oh, I'm out of here. Pulled yeah. a complete establishment turnaround, and it was embarrassing. So I think Trump's really Trump's going to be on that vendetta, and he's going to start going at. It. I mean, look at how much money's coming in in the Kinzinger primary. Yeah, you got people like Catalina Loff and yeah. Jim Martyr, Martyr, and there's a ton of money out there right now. Who else do you think is going to jump in that race? 
Uh, I think Sue Resin will jump in, and I think a whole bunch of others. And uh, there's probably going to be just like that 14th was last year. Crowded. You're going to see a super crowded, all the glory chasers going at it. You know, and that's that's really what it is. I mean, even when, when you come down to the censures, I think the censure needed to happen. But again, it's giving him more credibility than what was deserved. So, you know what? When we come back from break, let's talk about that Scott Pressler event. Would love to. Yeah, that'd be interesting. It was fun. <laughs> It was it was fun. Oh, the was, event or what led up to the event? Uh, drama, <laughs> drama on the high seas. I need a I need a pirate flag and uh, an eye patch. For what happened I noticed that, that um, Sergeant Rick was quiet over there when we had that that political discussion. Smart man. Yeah. Well, you know, I I, I have to hold my tongue a little bit. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with my good friend, my pal, my buddy, the Irishman, Tom McCullough. Hey, hey, glad to be here. Uh, you know what? I forgot to mess with you, uh, Sergeant Rick, about why you were so quiet that last segment. <laughs> well, I'll just say I'm a, I'm a little, I'll be a little reserved, you know, after the first segment. <laughs> you I can't push it too far. Well, I mean, you know, I do know some of my limitations, but I, you know, I won't hold my tongue on certain things. <laughs> you over there thinking now? Wait a minute. Wait, let me go back over. Oh no, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not worried about what's done is done. <laughs> so you know, uh, I don't know if you guys know. Um, Bridgeview, Illinois now has a black-owned gun store gun called store. Stanmore Sports. Outstanding. Um, it's truly one of a kind in Illinois. So when I saw that story, I reached out to the, uh, I believe he's one of many owners. I don't, I, I, we'll, we'll clear that up with him. And I said, I, got, I have to get you on the show. Because one of the reasons why is because when it comes to legally owning guns and stuff like that, I personally believe more the black, the black community needs to have Absolutely. more gun ownership. Um, I think it'll help you guys. I hate that. I hate you guys got so many so strict gun gun laws in in Chicago, but I think it would help you guys in Chicago if more black Latinos who were legally carrying firearms could carry them and would would embrace it. So, oh, most definitely, yeah. and and they would if if it was allowed and it was easier to do so. Yeah. So joining us on the phone line is Joe Stanford Jr. Joe, welcome to Black and Right. I think he hung up. Joe, where you at? Joe, you there? I was going to tell him I want to no. come over there and, and buy uh yeah. buy an AR AR fifteen lower because I'm building yeah. a pistol. Can you, can you hear me now? Oh, there he is. So what's going on, buddy? All right. All right. So, All right, what's going on? It's an honor to be here. Yeah, tell us about, is, is, did I pronounce the name right, Stanmore Sports? That is correct. So how did Stanmore this come Sports. about? Um, well, I'm uh, also a security agency owner with my stepfather. Nice. Um, yeah, so we, uh, it's actually a, a, a natural progression. We, we went into ownership on pretty much all the things that we needed uh, for security. Yeah. Uh, from fingerprinting machine all the way to embroidery machine all the way to, you know, higher education to be able to train the the, uh, the security officers to be able to carry forty, uh, you know, the forty hour training. Yeah. So, yeah. So that that's really how we got into it. So when we got the opportunity, uh, which is a long story, uh, we took it. Yeah. And, and hey, hey Joe. Hey Joe. Here's a here's a distinction 
um, not only are you the only black-owned gun range in the state of Illinois, there are only three in the entire country. Did you know that prior to, to getting this um, started? <laughs> I did. I did. I did a small. Um, I did a small look into it, and yeah, I I, I did realize that I, it was hard to believe, but. Yeah, it it was a very crazy distinction. Well, I, I I was looking at buying a range this time, McCullough, and I wanted to own a gun store. I mean, it's a, it's a huge investment to to get a range. If it's like well, it's like a hundred grand per lane or ten grand per lane to open up that plus the ventilation, all the the rules and everything else. So, I mean, God bless you guys for going through on that. And I, <laughs> we need we need more gun shops in Illinois. We need more ranges. We need more more shooting classes. We need more everything. I mean, it's. Uh, Having an armed populace keeps people, you know, stops criminals from doing things. Like, I'm going to go rob this old lady, and then next thing you know, the old lady pulls uh, something out of her purse. You know, easiest that's police report ever. Yeah. It's very easy. Yeah, yeah it makes our job police. easier. They've taken care of it. Yeah, or taken care of it or deter it, you know, because, like, I, I remember they, they tried uh, attributing, so, like, the, the crime drop after the concealed carry uh, passed. Like, oh, no, it's only because it's a cold year. Like, come on. No. So uh, I'm actually I'm going to stop by your shop this week because I do need to get a new uh, new AR-15 lower. So do you guys have any lowers in stock? Well, currently we we're, we're not um, selling firearms at the moment. It's a range. It's oh, it's a range. All right, so uh, I got plenty of toys. Yeah, to but, but it's also there. a gun shop as well. It's yeah. a gun shop as well. It's just I'm taking a uh, I'm taking a slow precautionary. Uh, you know, progress with that. <laughs> so I, I grew but up in Chicago Ridge, we, so we, we need to go through ATF, there. and we've gone through all of the different things to be able to do it. I'm just taking my time. So how has it been with the Illinois secondary licensing on top of the ATF licensing? So you know, you got to get licensed through the ATF, and then Illinois pretty much has the same exact licensing yep. as the uh, yep. as the federal government, just because they like screwing with people like you who are trying to <laughs> exercise their Second Amendment right. Uh, so how's that process been? Because I haven't even talked to anybody since they started going through the state process. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a process, you know, that's just like, I mean, it wasn't easy going through rights, period, you yeah. know, so I just don't, I don't take uh, that, that thought into how difficult something's going to be uh, when I want to do something. I just go through the process, and um, that's just the mindset that I have, um, that, you know, I don't go into, go into the thinking about limitations. Right. Hey, hey Joe. So if it's hard, it's just something I got to do. Joe, I, 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 when I read the article, it said that women, uh, especially black women, are coming in there in droves. Um, are you still seeing that? Because I personally believe the, the, the uh, armed populace, especially in the black community, I think it, 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 yes. it will cut down on so much crime. Yes, very much so. Very much so. Um, and I, I mean, it's it. it I mean, if you going through the process, that's, that's what I'm saying about the process. When you're going through the process, you you, you have to go through these disciplines and and uh, so. And I'm not saying that it's good because the legal people shouldn't have to have to, right. <laughs> have to have so 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 hard of a time to to you know to do it. I said my my dad always said the law is for the lawless. That's it. You know. That's it. <laughs> that's so, it. Uh, to make it so so difficult for the the, uh, the people that's law-abiding citizens, and then the the, uh, the criminal is not even thinking about going through any processes. Right. You and, know, it's and, unfair. And Joe, because um, <laughs> I'm going to ask for your, your your website and all that later, but I don't know if I should ask this question, but I will. You can ask uh, it. it said that you were planning on giving uh, 500 people. Uh, uh, of color legally to help them legally obtain their FOIA card. 
Have yeah. you have we're you reached actually that? in the process of doing that now? Have you reached yeah. it? Uh, yeah, we, we we overreached it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Here we go again. I'm sure. Well, well, if you, Joe, is it a greater percentage of women or men? It, uh, uh, a greater percentage of women. Wow. Oh, that's like, you know, nice to know, actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, God yeah, forbid women want to protect their children and their houses and everything else. Right. Yeah, that, we just did an interview with NTD uh, News uh, a couple of days ago, and we uh, they interviewed a lot more women. Wow. But, yeah, that's that's the case. That's and the and case. it's in Bridgeview, right? Bridgeview, Illinois, uh, 7410 South Harlem. Do you have a website? Yes, it's uh, com. Uh-huh. That's that's easy. Yeah. <laughs> and so so yeah. it's not just a gun range. It's not just a gun store. You also provide uh, concealed carry license. You help people get their concealed carry license. Yes, and that was another part of, the, uh, of that um situation uh, 120 people out of the 500 people um went through a raffle to get free concealed and carry classes oh wow God bless you oh. wow great. do you are doing yeoman's work and i i gotta stop by there hey, tom, so maybe, let's go maybe we'll take a, yeah well we'll bring some stuff with yeah we'll have fun maybe tom and i'll stop by there and um um you know, we shoot gonna so, take care of you. We're gonna I need, give you the, uh, the red carpet. All right. I, I, you know what? Shooting for me was we'll do, always. We'll do a little competition, and then yeah. the loser buys dinner. No, shooting for me was because <laughs> <laughs> he's going to lose. No, I'm not. <laughs> shooting for me was always a stress relief. Uh, I, I love going in shooting because it, it really helps um, with the it stress. Really is. It's, it's, and I think I think that's another component that you can probably help push out there, especially in the black community, um, yeah. as a stress reliever. A place to just yes, go and just, time. yeah. Well, Joe, thanks so much for joining Black and Right. Um, I'll call you when we're on our way out there. How's that? Yes, sir. Please do that. I mean, and then I'll have everything laid out for you. All right. Joe Stanford, right. owner of Stanmore Sports in Bridgeview, the only black-owned gun range in the state of Illinois, and I'm one of three in the entire country. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, John. Wow. I, I, I'm shocked that it's only one, and he's the only outfit in Illinois. You know, but it's 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 great three to see the that there's there's yeah, three now, to me. and I hopefully soon there'll be I wouldn't, five. I wouldn't believe that. Yeah, yeah I would yeah. want to see that number go up. I think everybody should have yeah. a gun range. Do, yeah, <laughs> some of my buddies out west of me. I live in Plainfield. You go a little west, and we put some dirt out in the backyard. And hey, yeah. it's our gun yeah. range, you know. But uh, in the city, you don't have that choice. I, I used to live in Chicago Ridge, right next to where uh, where oh, a shop okay. was, like, right down the there. street. Yeah, and uh, we definitely needed a range out there. For yeah. sure. So I'll but be, I'll I, I be get, visiting that. I guarantee you, though, a better armed populace in Chicago would help it would make you guys. It, 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 would, it would be a great deterrent. Oh, and Absolutely. I know I know there are a lot of bad, because a lot of bad guys got guns, and they have a lot of them. Oh, yeah. But they, because they know nobody else has them. That's, That's right. And they don't care That's about right. the law either. Right. That's why 4,000 people were shot last year, and 700 were killed. Uh, you're listening to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. In with Tom McCullough and Sergeant Rick. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with Tom McCullough, the Irishman, and Sergeant Rick. Okay, I just saw something that, like, yeah, okay. So there's a bill in Springfield that was filed, House Bill 3913. This bill would allow a sex offender to live closer to schools and other prohibited areas. What? You heard what I just said. I, I, I'm trying to like process why, okay. they, why they would even do that. 
they want to they want to they they, they want to change it from 500 feet to 250 feet. feet dude listen let me tell you something i, I was listening well, it's to they're trying to have that plus p wait, thing here listen listen last night at, at, when i was in clay county i want to again a shout out to chairman brian west and all of the precinct committeemen down there let me tell you something the democrat supremacy that's happening in our country in our state and in our country has to have a hammer thrown against it because what's happening this is the this, this is the fundamental transformation of our country that Barack Obama spoke about when he ran he yes. knew he could he he had to be the message giver he knew he wouldn't be able to implement it though that's scary tom it's terrifying sergeant rick i don't know if you ever worked in sex crimes or anything like that no, but that's scary. It, it it's really scary. I, uh, you know, my ex-wife actually, she's a detective in sex crimes, oh, and God. to hear what the stories are, and to think you're going to allow this person to live closer to a school or a playground or a park, it, it's not even terrifying. I can't even. I can't. You even can't even fathom that. it. But they're trying to normalize pedophilia. They're yeah. trying to yes, normalize, yeah. and that's what they're moving yeah. towards. That's yeah. why they want, like, oh, let's you know, not make yeah. this a crime there's anymore. Nothing, there's de- nothing wrong with it. Decriminalize it. They you, know, make, you know, it's, mm. you know, it, children shouldn't be able to. Uh, uh, choose their gender at young ages. They don't know. I have two daughters, a five-year-old and a two-year-old, and I'm terrified what's going to happen in eight <sighs> years when they get older. And all mm-hmm. I know is that I got plenty of friends that own pig farms, and I'll say that on the air. I don't okay. care. Okay. You know? And the schools are teaching it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's in the schools te- yes. mandated that you have to, you know, gender fluid. You have the ability to be whatever you want to be. With the new, with the new right. laws that are right, out there. All right, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Are you guys ready for this? My man. Welcome to Black and Right. <laughs> what are you doing, handsome? How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. How are you, sir? Listen, I, I just got I just got in the car, and I you know I heard this, and and I understand the disgust. Believe me, I raised two kids, but I also want you to see the sunny side of the story. Go ahead. I grew up in Melrose Park. You know that, right? Yes, I do. You know, we didn't have any pedophiles in Melrose Park. Uh-oh. If we did, if we did, <laughs> they weren't there they long. Were too afraid to prey <laughs> on the neighborhood kids because you got to understand this other bill that the buttery-handed fat slob we call a governor passed. There's no cash bail for us either now. No. So, so let's look at the positive. So, you know, in my neighborhood, <laughs> come on in, pedophiles. I dare you. Come on in. Because when you're duct taped to that chair in my garage, you ain't feeling too chesty. And that's the way it's going to have to go down from now on. There is no there is no Lone Ranger. There's no heroes. There's you protecting your kids. Amen. So it's about time maybe the fathers come together. Yeah. Maybe the good people come together. Yeah. I think this is a massive opportunity to clean up the nonsense. Because you think these 14-year-olds holding their guns sideways stand a chance against men? No. I don't no. think so. No. So I agree. The pedophiles, the gangbangers, come on in. Move right next door to me. Let's see how this turns out. I'm with you, Sean. <laughs> I'm I'll, with you, Sean. I'll set up a live stream. <laughs> There's <laughs> always an opportunity. Always an opportunity. And, Maybe and, they're protecting. They start protecting the wrong guys. Maybe they'll protect the good guys. We're yeah, the good guys. They we protect are. us, too. There's we more are. good guys than there are bad guys. Yeah. All right. I just wanted to chime in. A little, <laughs> little sunny side yeah. for you. You guys have a great <laughs> Thanks show. Thanks so much, Sean. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. I don't know if you know who that is. That's Sean from Elwood Park. He, he has a show called The Liberty I, Hour. I recognize yeah. The, the, yeah. the voice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you probably listen. <laughs> uh-huh. And when he, when he said they wouldn't exist there, uh, I'm personal friends with uh, former police chief uh, Bill Giaconetti. Oh. He's a legend in Chicago. Yeah. And, uh, they, they, that wouldn't happen in Mellow's Park. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, they took, hey, they took care of him. <laughs> <laughs> Was it wrong? Hey. <laughs> 
They took care of it, right? But, dude, I mean, the nonsense, the, the, the fundamentally transforming our nation is, is at a hand. It's happening. This, this Democrat supremacy. That's what we're having. That's right? it. This progressive, Democrat this progressive yeah. supremacy. And we got these leaders that want to now talk about removing Trump voters. Are you serious? Are you stupid? They're Are you su- stuck on stupid? They're suspending kids in schools for wearing Trump for wearing shirts Trump or conservatives shirts. Yes. or anything. Yeah. But then in the same breath, they have, uh, they have transvestites stripping in, in libraries in front of children. But I they want that. to normalize that, and then yeah. they want to take away any kind of conservative ideals, any any uh, anything talking about God. God forbid you talk about Jesus and any salvation from that. But they want you to talk about normalizing pedophilia and everything else. that's disgusting. Can I can I give a shout out to a couple Democrats real quick on Uh-oh. the show? It's a good thing. So there's HB three ninety. If anybody can go online, it's going to give a hundred thousand dollar grant to canines for veterans. And uh, uh, Martin Moylan, he's a Democrat. Martin Moylan, Marty, yeah, Marty, Mayor. yeah. Stephanie Kifowitz, Jonathan Carroll, all Democrats, and Paul Jacobs, Republican. They they co-sponsored the bill. It's going up for the first uh, first hearing on March 11th at 8 a.m. And uh, if it passes, it's going to help the organization out so much. So nice. I, I want to say thank you to the because uh, you know in politics everybody gets partisan. When it comes to veterans and other things oh, they, and charities, nonpartisan. Everybody needs to work together. And God bless them for doing that. And thank you. If, if only we can do that for, for policemen. Yes. Yeah. Listen, because in Springfield, the firemen they're treated like royalty. Cops, yeah, nah. not so much. All firemen are. Yeah, they they're are. the heroes. Well, yes. they, they sleep all day. But, That's you know. right. You know, they <laughs> Sorry, look good. I love my firemen. They look good running out of the building with kids in their arms. Hey, we're staging that. <laughs> <laughs> we're waiting for the real heroes to go in. We're, uh-huh. We'll be waiting. When it's safe, let me know. <laughs> You're listening to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. We'll be right back. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560. The answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the Irishman and the, and the sergeant. How about that, guys? <laughs> Tom McCullough and Sergeant Rick. Sounds like a bad idiot. Okay, one. I just got something sent to me, and I, it's kind of boiling my blood. Y'all, you know my friend, Alicia Benford, who's been my tax attorney for eight, 17, 18 years. She just sent me something from the Edgar County Watchdogs. Racist hate campaign flyers in Bolingbroke. Now, they have, they sent out a campaign ad. Now, it says, Republican Alicia Benford and her slate are too extreme for our township. Now, they have all of what happened at the Capitol on the 6th. Then they have the guy with, with, the, with the Confederate flag. Then there's a noose over the Capitol. A noose with Alicia Benford's name with, with on a, there. Yeah, with Alicia. Do they know that she's black? Or uh, they know who they, they do. Come on, you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, would that be, would that be Jackie Trenier and those those little jerks? I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if it's them. If there's one person who needs to be I, out of politics, I don't know who it is. Oh, I'll say her name. I'll say it all day. I, I can't stand Jackie Trenier. So yeah, go for it. But I think I think are you are you are you kidding me? I mean, have we gotten beyond? I really, really, because you know she's going to win. Is that why you're scared? I mean, why put a noose on anything specifically pertaining to a black candidate that's running for office? How stupid. Again, stuck on stupid, these people. Really? Well, you know it came from the left. Well, today you don't know. You do. It didn't come from no Republican or right winger. Today you don't know. Uh, I don't know, my friend. <laughs> Today you don't know because I mean, look, look, look at look at everybody turning on, turning into each other and and, and 
conjoint joining each other's together in in the harmony and we'll be together. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Are you kidding Kumbaya. me? Though? Yeah. Think about that. You have a, you have a known black candidate. Everybody knows her because yeah. she went she went against her own Republican Party though. She went against them, and that's how they how all the fraud and everything came out. Well, Lisa's a great candidate. She is because she went against her own. I just dropped signs off for her today. Oh. My That's a goodness. shame. Alicia, I'm sorry. Heart goes out to you. Yeah. For that. That's uncalled for. The queen. For. She's the queen. Yeah. Better and, call uh, her the queen. She, the queen. Sorry. Yeah. Queen Alicia. <laughs> so if we find out who did that, uh, I, we will definitely have some fun with that. Oh, and, uh, my God. Game okay. on. Okay. I, I got to go back. I, I, I want to play the, the, the troll in chief because I think he's one of the biggest troll. Um, That's why we love him. Yeah. So this, 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 this next clip is going to be parts throughout his speech, but. Nobody does this better than Donald Trump. (laughs) Joe Biden has had the most disastrous first month of any president in modern history. We all knew that the Biden administration was going to be bad, but none of us even imagined just how bad they would be. Think about what Joe Biden has done in the first his first 100 days. Think about that. All the executive orders, all the executive orders, killing hundreds of thousands of jobs. The the capital surrounded. Oh, yeah, and we forgot about the armed occupation of our capital yeah. with, what, still 20,000 troops yeah. there? Yeah. Oh, and they, just had, they had to cancel the State of the Union now, too, because he was... Go for it. No, oh, well, go ahead. I'm Obviously, not... no, he's scared of, uh, of the, the domestic insurrection on March yeah. 4th. They're saying, oh, that's the real inauguration <laughs> yeah. day. If anybody believes that QAnon stuff, they're out uh, of their mind anyways. Uh, but, you know, so they're saying, oh, we had to cancel the State of the Union. We got to cancel all these things because they're scared of what the right's going to do. If you really won by 80 million, anyways, we're done. Oh, okay. Now, no, go ahead. Don't say that part. Well, yeah, I'm done. That's don't why say that it part. was done. Yeah. We're not getting any complaints. <laughs> we're not getting taken off the air. Uh, you know, I want to, during the break, I heard um, two new, my two sponsors, two new sponsors that came on, Matrix Home Solutions. I want to give them a shout out. Thank you guys for sponsoring the show. And Best Dental by big, our buddy. Mr. Jimmy. Economos. Jimmy yeah. Economos. Thanks Great so much guy. for supporting the show. But, you know, President Trump continues, right? Like trolling like only he can do. And how far left they would go. He never talked about this. We would have those wonderful debates. He would never talk about this. We didn't know what the hell he was talking about. <laughs> a Republican president will make a triumphant return to the White House. And I wonder who that will be. Do it. Who do you think it's going to be? I don't know. I can't say. Can't say who it's, it's Trump for the winning. Sorry, it's, it, it's, it's his if he does it. Yeah, right. it's going to be Trump if it he decides Trump. to do it. He'll win without he question. Will. Yes. If he doesn't, so it, it, I, there's a lot of buyer's remorse right now. So I voted in the in the CPAC poll. Uh, I voted Trump, mm-hmm. and then my secondary choice was Ron DeSantis. I could see DeSantis. I could see DeSantis. Yeah. DeSantis. I like that guy, man. Yeah, Ben Carson be a good VP pick. Yeah. Or, or have a real no. African American as vice president. Oh, you know, uh huh. Did you just say that? Kamala, she's she's Indian. Yeah, right. Yeah. The troll continues. Yeah. Never let them take the credit because they don't deserve the credit. They just followed. Now they're following our plan. On behalf of the moms, dads, and children of America, I call on Joe Biden to get the schools open and get them open now for the next four years. The brave Republicans in this room will be at the heart of the effort to oppose the radical Democrats, the fake news media, and their toxic cancel culture. Something new to our ears, cancel culture. And I want you to know that I'm going to continue to fight 
right by your side. The only division is between a handful of Washington, D.C. establishment, political hacks, and everybody else all over the country. Where's he wrong? I haven't heard one thing yet. Nothing. Did, did he say anything no, he's speaking that the was truth. And, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I don't want to say something that I don't, that I, that I say regret. Say it, John. No, I Say won't. it. I can't say that. Um, I'll get fined. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I won't say it. Well, listen. Fines are worth it. Listen, Trump 2024. I'm all in already. And because people, what people don't realize, it's not about Trump the man. It's about the movement. It's about the message. It's about what he laid for future Republican presidents if they have the kahunas to go forward yeah. with it. You're listening to Black and Right. I'm John Anthony. He's the Irishman Tom McCullough. He's the sergeant, Rick. We'll be right back. We now return to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. Here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in the studio with the Irishman Tom McCullough. You like that nickname? Irishman. Yeah, we'll go with it. It's pretty cool. I'll take it. You want it. a new one? Uh, I'm I scared can't. what you're going to come up with next. <laughs> I will stick with the Irishman instead of Fat okay. Boy or whatever it might I be. Will, I would never oh, demean yeah. you like that. Oh, sure. Um, In public. Sergeant Rick, you had a good time today? Yes, I am. Very enjoyable. Thank you for giving me a chance to, you know, open up some people's eyes, hopefully, Wait. and uh, <laughs> move things forward a little bit. In a Can right, I make right a joke? Positive. Go ahead. Maybe looking for a new career. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. The deck's out there pretty far right now. There's got a guy with the axe just waiting. You know, we'll see how this plays out. <laughs> At 3.07, you're going to get the call today. You know, like, hey, what are you doing tonight? Yeah, maybe I'm off tonight. I don't know. Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss. So we talked about a little bit about cancel culture, and I think it's terrifying that we now see the left trying to cancel our history. And if you look at the Veterans Protection Act, Confederate soldiers were given U.S. veteran status. They want to remove uh, headstones. They want to remove monuments and statues. They want to remove bases and changing names and all these other things and and burn children's books. I can remember one country that did that, you know, not too long ago. I can't say it. We we, we, we can't say it. But fascist tactics to remove parts of our history. And they want to fight fascism with fascism. I mean, that's just like you can't fight fire with fire unless it's a forest fire. Then everything's burning to the ground. Right. Because, you know, Congresswoman Mary Miller, when she said that, you know, who, who, who controls the kids controls the world or something like that. Yeah, but she had that in a giant speech. But she was, never should have said those words that close together. I'm sorry, but it was it's true. No, I'm not. I'm not saying she's wrong. I'm just saying, like, she should never. Yeah. You got to watch what you're going to say. Like, even what I say on here, they're going to snip out and put it to whatever because they're going to try to cancel me. But they do this to me they're going to try to cancel you. They're going to try to cancel everybody. Try. Try, bring try. it. Try. They've so, already canceled me, man. Did you? They, get, every day. I mean, you saw how many Facebook profiles I went through. Yeah. Every time I'm like, oh, running state senate, boom, deleted. Next yeah. one, deleted. Next one, deleted. <laughs> Thirty thousand followers, deleted. You know, it's, it's embarrassing. What do you? What are your thoughts on cancel culture? What are my thoughts? Uh, it, I mean, I understand what they're trying to do. I don't agree with it because yeah. you know, if you get rid of all of our past history and you can go to our schools and train our youth, think how you think. You'll have a generation of people with no mind. Yeah. The government's going to tell them what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Yeah. And they're going to ask them to send them a check and take care of them. Next, before you know I, it, socialism, and then we're communism. Yeah, I think cancel culture is the cancer to yes. our culture. Uh, it's, it's, it's coming out. It is out. the cancer. It, it has to be rooted out. They're trying to cancel the freedom of speech, too. Yeah. And that's, the, that's the, the real pressure release valve on our society is the freedom of speech, knowing that we can go out, we can say we don't like the president, we can say we like the president, we don't like yeah. this person, don't like that person. But having the ability and the freedom to do that, yeah. is what's really that pressure release valve that keeps our society civil. And now they're blocking so many people yeah. and segmenting everybody. It's destroying everything. Now, the Senate just passed that $1.9 trillion bill. 
from I I don't know if this number is real or not, but some people are saying nine percent of that bill actually deals with COVID itself. Although right. we still have what one not, trillion, not just COVID. Supposedly nine percent of the bill is all this we get in this country. The rest is going to foreign interests. We need a hundred million dollars for gender be, studies in Pakistan. Now. Look into it. I'm almost sure that's I what it is. I didn't even read the bill. We only get nine percent of it. The rest is going to all foreign interests and help foreign countries. This is what you voted for, people. Elections have consequences. Hey, Barack Obama was right. Elections have Elections consequences. Elections have consequences. And how many people are having buyer's remorse right I, now? I just saw a cool video clip and everything else. Everybody's saying, I wish I never would have voted. But they voted just to get, because Trump was dominating everything. They didn't want to hear Trump 24-7. They voted uh, Biden. And next thing you know, they're like, why did we do that? Well, this Let is what happened. people go! <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, Biden told me. You ain't black. <laughs> so dude i don't know we get we got a lot of work cut out for us but i mean the biggest thing people need to do if you're listening right now is become an election judge yeah. become a precinct committee man go out there and you know find your local you know township you know gop and register and go out there and work to get people out and just be active and you, well, you have to be active and realize you will make a difference because most people just think what am i going to do yeah. you will make a difference Sergeant, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. The Irishman, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Uh, Joe Stanford with Stanmore, um, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it was an interesting topic. Um, I was a little whiny today, but that's okay. A little crying. We'll, we'll, we'll come back stronger <laughs> next week. A little bit more. DJ Pete, thanks so much, brother. You were awesome today. Um, guys, guess what? We'll see you next week. <laughs>